Well, hello, everybody, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the first edition of Talk Albion. Uh, we're back again. It, I'm myself, Matt Wilde, and my son, Josh Wilde. Hello, everyone. I uh, hope you've all had a, a good week, and we're here again to talk all things West Bromwich Albion. Uh, lots happened since we did our first recording. And mm-hmm. Josh, how do you feel at this moment in time being an Albion fan? I think things are starting to look up. Um, we've played four games since we last did our, our pilot episode a couple of weeks ago. We've played Harrogate Town in the Carabao Cup, Everton in the Premier League, Brentford in the Carabao Cup, and then our most recent game being Chelsea. I think things are starting to look well. We're performing a lot better than a lot of people had initially thought we were going to be playing. Um, I think we're starting to reveal ourselves as a serious contender in Premier League football. Yes, I, I I do agree with you. I think after our first pilot episode, when we lost 3-0 to Leicester, um, our hearts were quite... Very well impacted. We had a really good first half against Leicester. Uh, as, and I, was, I said I felt that um, the 3-0 scoreline flattered Leicester somewhat. And we then went into play Harrogate. Uh, which we won 3 now, mm-hmm. and progressed to the next round of, of that cup. Mm-hmm. And um, following that, we had that encounter at Goodison Park against Everton. Yeah. Uh, so how did what, what were your thoughts about that match? Because it was quite an eventful match. Yeah, it was um, really eventful. Um, it was good to see a couple of our star players get their first goals in the Premier League. Um, both really good, well-taken goals. Dian Garner running almost the length of the pitch to slot it in the corner and Pereira scoring one of the best goals of the season so far with his free kick. Um, but I think it definitely could have gone a lot better for Albion. I think Kieran Gibbs had probably a moment to forget um, reacting to the James Rodriguez incident badly um, and sending us down to 10 men just before the first half had ended. And I think if he'd stayed on the pitch for the game it would have been a completely different story um, with him being one of our major Premier League experienced players so it was a shame to see him not finish the game and I think who who knows what could have happened in that second half if we'd have had 11 men um, Yeah, yes absolutely I think to be honest I, I was sitting uh, with a, to be honest uh, a couple of friends of mine who don't support the Albion and um, the way we came out and started that match was something that I wasn't expecting. Mm. I was absolutely delighted, don't get me wrong. I mean, Diagana's run and shot and uh, for his goal uh, was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was raving about him. Um, we, we left uh, Everton back into the match a bit and then there was that moment of badness from... Kieran Gibbs, who, to be honest, I felt a little bit let down. He's one of our most senior players. Yeah. Most, one of the most experienced Premier League players that we've got. And for him to do what he did, I think it was just a moment of madness. And we, yeah. I think we all felt a bit let down about that incident. Um, yeah. You know, he changed the course of the game. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that because we was absolutely cutting Everton's midfield apart. Mm. 
we was. We, you, you could see we was uh, our midfield was so so uh, cutting through them left, right, and centre. Yeah, and uh, that's not just me saying it. That's the the, the people I was sitting with watching that match was, was all saying the same thing. Um, and then of course, um, Stephen Billick at half time decides to speak to the referee. Mm-hmm. Was having none of it and decides to send him off as well. Uh, and, yeah, you know. So without Slavin Bilic on the bench, um, start of the second half, Matthias Pierre steps up for the free kick, and what a wonderful goal that was! Yeah, I think that's probably. I would be surprised if we didn't score a better goal all season. To be honest, it was so pinpoint right in the top corner. Um, it was brilliant. Absolute yeah. limbs in the stands if we, we could have been there, but um, yeah, yeah, a bit in yeah. vain in the end. But it was a nice moment. It was a nice moment, but unfortunately, after that, without Kieran Gibbs on the on the, on the pitch, uh, Everton, as we know, could go on and score three more goals, mm. and um, could have been a very different story if yeah. uh, if Gibbs had. Stayed and um, and Billich as well and Billich as well. So um, yes, again, personally, I think that uh, a five-two scoreline could have been a lot different. Flattered yeah. Chelsea. You could see that uh, we we was stretched without the extra man on the pitch, and um, so after that match, I wasn't feeling too disappointed to be honest because I thought we played really, really well. Yeah, um, I I thought we'd played really well as, as well, and I th- I think coming out of that we had more positives and negatives. I think it went a lot better than the game against Leicester. Um, although the Leicester scoreline was a bit generous to Leicester, they were the rightful winners in the end. And I think with Everton, with us having ten men and no manager, um, we would everyone would have expected Everton to tear us apart in the second half. So. I think for us yeah. being able to be able to score our first goals and show um, everyone in England really that we can score in the Premier League, it's not going to be it's not going to be us straight back in the Championship. No, not, not at all. Um, so for me, it was nice. To, I was mainly ha- I was hoping that we'd score. I said in the last episode that I was hoping that um, I, I thought it was going to be one-one, but I was hoping for two-two because I wanted us to score two goals, and we did. It's just unfortunate yeah. we conceded five. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the players are still get, finding their feet in the Premier League and um, mm-hmm. I know the scoreline was 5-2. Uh, I didn't feel embarrassed whatsoever yeah. on that scoreline, taking into account that both the manager and Gibbs was sent off. Um, I thought we gave a really good go at it. And to be honest, if we're going to lose with 10 men on the pitch, I'd rather us lose five or six and having a go, yeah. Then just put ten men behind the ball. Um, yeah, I'd rather see us go out and attack, which is what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. And we we need we need to caught caught them out on a number of occasions in the second half by trying to break forward and uh, and play football. Yeah. So so um, that was the Everton game. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we played uh, Brentford, which ended two weeks after full time, yeah. and um, unfortunately, we got knocked out on penalties. Yeah, can you believe it? Who was the one to? Um, I'm not going to say miss a penalty because he 
his penalty was on target and the keeper did have to make a save. Mm-hmm. But of all people, it was one of our favourites, Grady Diagana. Yeah. So, um, oh, well. That's one of those things. Um, how, at least he scored yeah. a worldie against Everton is all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think many of us are too disappointed being knocked out of the cup at such an early stage. Yeah. Bearing in mind, the old saying means we can concentrate on the league for a while now until um, the next yeah. round of the FA Cup. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I said last time, I do. I wouldn't mind if we lost in the Carabao Cup because I would like to just focus on the. I'd like the team to focus on the Premier League. Although it was nice to not lose against Harrogate. I don't mind losing against Brentford because we did lose to them last season as well in the Championship. And there's like there's only been a few weeks really since we last played them. So I don't really mind us going out on penalties. At least we gave them a good go. Scored two goals. Yeah, and um, don't forget we had um, Conor Gallagher and uh, mm-hmm. Abinovic make their debuts during that game. And yeah. um, I was quite impressed, to be honest. What are your thoughts on, on, on those players? Yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, I didn't actually get to watch the match because I was at work, um, but I saw the highlights. And I think they I think they both had solid debuts. Um, Conor Gallagher coming in on loan from Chelsea and Abinovic. Ivanovic coming in from Zenit. I think they both had really good debuts for West Brom. It's just a shame they couldn't couldn't win, but I think they played really well. I'm I'm happy with yeah. them. I think they're going to be key signings for us throughout this season. Yes, I do. I think they're going to be. Um, I think Conor Gallagher, Gallagher is especially. Uh, <laughs> he showed some real quality in the middle of the park. Um, so I really do hope to to see him have a much uh, bigger role yeah. uh, in the near future for us because he, he really does look like a, a, another diamond that Slavon uh, Bilic has found there. Avinovic, a lot, he's had a lot of criticism regarding his age, mm-hmm. but um, I think he will bring a lot to the dressing room and yeah. he certainly showed his experience against Brentford yeah. uh, during that match and uh, I think he's going to play a crucial part in, in our season as well so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they perform over the coming weeks uh, yeah. as we record this podcast uh, definitely of course um, our next game was against Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, Connor, what a game what a game and uh, Gallagher was unable to play in that match because he wasn't allowed to play against his parent club but oh my what a start by the Albion in that match yeah I think I think we were all a bit in shock after that third goal went in, but what a shock it was to me. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I was absolutely delighted for um, Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been given that striking role and uh, to see him take his chances in the way he did yeah. uh, was a huge sigh of relief for me, for, for myself and a lot of Albion fans mm-hmm. around the country. And, and around the world to say that, to be honest, because uh, I thought he really had a, a a really good game, and I can now see why um, Slavin Bilic went back for him to, mm. to come back to the Albion. And I think that's going to be one crucial signing that uh, Bilic has made for us. If he continues to perform, it, you know, Josh, he looked hungry to me. He looked yeah. absolutely hungry. He wanted the ball, 
and uh, he made the most of his chances. It was yeah. absolutely brilliant to watch. Great yeah. football. Great football to watch. That was good. Yeah, it was really quick on the ball because I think Chelsea made a couple of mistakes in the build-up to the goal and he really capitalised on that, especially when Thiago Silva, one of the most experienced centre-backs is in the entire football world, slipped over. He capitalised on that and really put them to the sword. It was it was really great to watch. Um, I know a lot of the fans out there are, have been very concerned about our striking options. But I think he's been really good for us. He's been electric with the pace. Um, and his. I think he's got a really good first touch as well. I remember when we were playing QPR at the end of last season, he was he had unbelievable control on the ball. And it was good to see him get back on the score sheet because the last time he did score was the goal that sent us to the Prem. So it was nice to see him score in the Prem. Absolutely. Yeah, I was absolutely delighted for him the way he took his chances. And then um, Bartley... Um, from the mm-hmm. corner, I think it was the corner, wasn't it? And yeah, it he, was. he slotted that home from to make it three 0 to the Albion just on the half hour mark. Yeah, and I think um, every pundit, every TV pundit in in the in the country was absolutely gobsmacked. At, uh, yeah, but we was playing well. It wasn't a case of um, Chelsea not making mistakes. It was the fact that Albion was playing football. Yeah, and we was playing well, and we took our chances. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to Sky News afterwards and the interview um, from from the managers, you know, um, I think Albion were more deserving of the three points than Chelsea were. I yeah, mean, Fra- definitely. How can, how can Frank Lampard turn around and say that was two points lost when they equalised on the 93rd minute through a dodgy penalty given from a handball yeah no I think Chelsea they should have at the end of the day any team that is 3-0 down deserves to lose the game um, but I think but I think their second goal and their third goal could have easily been overturned by VAR I don't know why they haven't been but I think it was done uh, furlong file fouled in the build-up to the play um, I don't know why the foul wasn't given or they didn't go back to VAR, but he was clearly thrown off, off the ball by Aspilicueta. And then in the build-up to the third goal, Kai Havertz, the £80 million man, clearly handballs it, brings it down, passes it to Mount, who has a shot, and it gets deflected from Johnston onto Abraham, who puts it in. Should have been overturned. There were loads of handball fouls given over the weekend, and this was the only one that should have actually been a handball. Yeah. So we could have, absolutely we could have easily won it three two, uh, but we should have that goal should not have stood. We should be on four points now. Absolutely, we should we should be on th- we should be on three points right now. We've we've lost two games, Dad. <laughs> we should be on three points now. I, I stand mistaken. Yeah, but we should. But I did say we should we should have drawn against Leicester. So <laughs> that's where my other point come from. <laughs> yeah. No, it, yeah. it was a shame to see, and I mean the FA officials have been given. They've um, they've been having a hard time from the fans recently. Yeah, I yeah. think the uh, I think the FA really need to revisit this handball rule because it's so inconsistent, and uh, yes. it just seems like it's one rule for one team and another rule for teams like yes. the Albion and. Uh, the other teams around us so it just doesn't seem fair to me 
No, it doesn't. It, do, it does seem to be helping the bigger teams a lot more. Like if you look at Brighton, although that was quite clearly a handball from Mope for the game to go to full time and brought back for a penalty. Yeah, it's very tough on the smaller teams, and it is helping the tradition, like the big six, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. um, what I'm most annoyed about the Chelsea match is I was quite prepared for Chelsea to come at us in the second half. Mm-hmm. Being three three nil down, and uh, they have got some real quality players. There's no doubt about that. They are they've got an amazing squad, mm-hmm. and you'd expect them to come at us. But to to equalise on the 93rd minute in a manner that they equalised, um, I think that's what was most disappointing about that because we. We was hanging on for dear life. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but it was just we was just seconds away from getting our first three points against one of the big six. Yeah, and I don't think we did ourselves any disgrace whatsoever. We put in a good performance, and let's hope that continues into um, I think the, into the next games. And uh, the players can take a lot of the co- encouragement out of that performance. Yeah, and so can the fans as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think there were quite, I think I can't quite remember the full squad off the top of my head, but there was players um, like Townsend making their Premier League debuts as well in that game. And he had a great game. Um, I can't fault his performance at all, really. So it was great to see that we have got a good squad as well and not just, we don't have to rely on our Premier League players such as Gibbs. Well, on that note, uh, I'll run through the teams now for the Mm -hmm. Chelsea match. And um, I'm sorry to admit this because when I was watching this match with my friends and I seen the lineup and the formation, uh, I did. I confess. I confess. I'm sorry, everybody, uh, for my lack of faith. But uh, I turned around to my friends and I said, "Have you seen this? He's picked five-four-one again, and all I can see is a four-nil loss to the Albion." So. Uh, the formation was 5 4 1. We've got Johnson in goal, Furlong, Ajay, Bartley, O'Shea, and Connor Townsend um, at the back. Mm-hmm. And we've got Piera, Livermore, Sawyers, and Diagana midfield with, Rob, with Robinson alone up front. And I was, before the match, I was really concerned. I really was. I was thinking that um, here we go again. And um, all I could see was um, that Chelsea was just going to carve us apart. But there you go. Like I say, what do we know as fans? And um, uh, it it actually worked. We played really, really well. Um, Looking at the Chelsea side, we've got Cabrillero in goal, Alonso, Silva, Christensen and James um, at the back. Flat four and cover, cover, kick, Kovacic, Can, Kovacic and Kanti. We're a holding two midfielders with Werner, Havertz and Mason Mount in midfield supporting Tammy Abraham. Um, so when you look at the team lineups and the, the quality that Chelsea have got in their team, then. Um, I would have taken a 3-3 draw yeah. before the match. 
hands yeah. down, to be honest. It was just unfortunate the way that uh, we conceded that third goal in the 90 plus third minute. Yeah, it would have been a lot nicer if we were the one to make the 3-0 comeback, but that's a shame. Well, we've done it before against West Ham when we beat West Ham 4-3 away. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure there's going to be lots of twists and turns in the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, and what's encouraging is that I think we can, we're can. we all seeing now the style of football that we're playing. Um, we seem to be playing with a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. And the, the quality of the goals from Piero and Dean Garner and uh, Robinson, I think, gives us a lot to uh, be positive about. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting looking at the lineups as well. I think over our summer, we've spent about twenty around £20 million and Chelsea have spent about £220 million and we're the ones who gave them the game. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we really took the game to them. And... Um, that continues with but one thing I will say about Chelsea it was nice seeing that that their academy players was the one that pulled them out of the dirt and it wasn't the new signings that's that's the only positive I could take as a Chelsea fan or not as a Chelsea fan but as someone who likes to watch football it was it was nice to see that it was their academy players to bring them out of the hole that they were in Mm -hmm. Um, so from that match who would you vote for as being your man of the match from the Chelsea game? Uh, well, from the Chelsea game, I would probably have given, it pains me to say, but I would have given Aspilicueta the man of the match because he came on at half-time and I think if they hadn't made that change, they wouldn't be winning because uh, Frank Lampard had made Thiago Silva as captain for the game. I don't understand why because I don't think Thiago Silva speaks English very well, if at all. Um, he's, obviously, he's only been there for a couple of weeks really in training because of his commitments with PSG. And I think if Aspilicueta didn't come on and be the leader that he was, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won. So I think I would have given, if out of the Chelsea squad, I would have given Aspilicueta the man of the match. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's the, uh, that was the Chelsea match and um, good point earned as we'll all yes. agree. Um, so, players in, transfer news, Josh, what have you got for us? So, uh, transfer news for this week, we've already touched on it briefly, but we've had uh, Branislav Ivanovic come in from Zenit as a defender. I think he'll be a great player for us in the dressing room, as you said, but I think he'll be great for players like Dara O'Shea, who plays as a centre-back and full-back, and he'll be, a, he'll be really good for, for their experience and help them and maybe do a, play more of a coaching side to them and mentor figure as well. Uh, we've had Conor Gallagher come in on loan from Chelsea. He seems like a player who, who's quite very happy to join West Brom. Um, he seems to know the club very well. He knows that we, we put faith in youth players, and I think he wants to be part of this setup. Whether going forward he'll go back to Chelsea and do one to zero or if he'll stay with us after this season, I'm not too sure if the deal comes with an option to buy or not um, I hope it does because we seem to be benefiting from that recently um, but yeah he looks like a very good promising midfielder player and then today we're recording this on Tuesday by the way for those listening at home we've had our fav- one of the fan favourites Kravinovic re-signed to the Baggies yes Kravinovic um, seems by all of the social media posts that he puts up he seems to have a very, very good 
apprenticeship with uh, Matthias Piera. Mm-hmm. And um, do you know what? I think that's what's been missing at the Albion. Players who want to play with each other and for each other. Yeah. Uh, in in recent times, and uh, to see there's a there's a bond between Diagana Piera and uh, Kronovic. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like they want to play for each other and um, and, and fight. Yeah. Um, so I'm absolutely delighted Kronovic's uh, come back for another season alone. Yeah, I think um, he is as well, from the looks of it. <laughs> uh, absolutely delighted to be to be with us, and um, I think, as I said in our pilot episode, for me, you can give me a player who is brilliant but doesn't want to play for the club. But mm. I would much rather have a player who plays with passion and pride mm. and, and wants to be at the club uh, because that's how you get the best out of players. Yeah, it really is. We've we've had some amazing players play for the club in the past, but have not really performed mm-hmm. for us. And we've had some lesser known players play for us, and they've absolutely shone. So yeah. um, yes, I'm I'm absolutely delighted. I think Kronovic's going to be um, a really big big player for us uh, this season. I think he's going to settle into the Premier League. Well, I hope he will. Yeah. Um, really well so yeah no it looks good and then there are rumours always circling about our most linked one is with the Huddersfield striker Grant he he seems to be one that all the fans from what I can see on Facebook pages and stuff that he seems to be the one that everyone wants to bring in at the minute um, I personally think he'd be a good signing for us but I do think if we sign him we need to offload some of our striking options because otherwise that could cause him uh, I don't know what the word is, but uh, discomfort. Discord, discord, discomfort, yeah. a, bit, dis- a bit of discord within the dressing room. Yeah, because otherwise we'll have five out-and-out strikers. Well, I think it's out-and-out strikers, but we'll have five striker figures in the club. We'll have If we get Grant, we'll obviously have Grant, we'll have Charlie Austin, we'll have Robson Carnu, we'll have Zahor, we'll have Callum Robinson. And I think if we've got five strikers and we're only playing with a system that allows for one, not not everyone's going to want to be there and it could really cause a little bit of harm in the dressing room. Um, so I think if we sign him, we need to offload someone and personally I would either offload Zahor or Austin. I know my hair's now like Charlie Austin, but I think he can, he can probably do a job somewhere else now. Yeah, maybe, maybe when we talk next time, there was a rumour of there being a, a Grant and um, Austin swap Mm-hmm. Possibly to it's going to be happening in the near future before the transfer deadline. That's yeah. I believe that's still on the cards. So we could possibly be seeing the um, I don't want to say say the back of Charlie Austin because um, he served as well in, in mm. the goals he scored. Yeah, but definitely. we could possibly be seeing a swap deal taking place in the next few days with uh, Carlin Grant heading to the Hawthorns and. Uh, Charlie Austin heading the opposite way. Um, but I agree. I think we could do with a, a freshen up in the strike force. Um, Robinson's been playing really well. Robson Connor's come off, off the bench. And um, but I think we need I think we need a change. But yeah. if we bring someone in then 
I think we do need to let one of the others go, whether it be Carney or Austin. We'll wait and see, and it'll be interesting to see the developments yeah. in our next podcast. Yeah, I mean, we do. West Brom do have been utilising the swap players thing very well recently. Obviously, we swapped Cal- uh, Oliver Burke for Callum Robinson from Sheffield. So if we can yeah. do a similar bit of business there and it works out, then that would be brilliant. Because, I mean, Callum Robinson has now scored more goals in one game than Oliver Burke managed to in his whole West Brom career, really. So. That's right. And it's a shame that it didn't work out for Burke. but. Mm. That's football, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I, hope, I hope he gets on well at Sheffield. Obviously, not when we're playing against them, but um, of course yeah. we do. We, we wish him all his best, all the best for his, for his career. Of course we do. Mm. Um, it just just didn't seem to be the right fit with no. uh, with our club, unfortunately. And for such a large transfer fee that we paid for him, then that's quite disappointing, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was. yeah. So we wish him. We do wish him all the best. So um, our next match, twelve o'clock Sunday. Yeah, so our, f- our first Sunday game of the of the year or of the season. Anyway. Twelve o'clock Sunday. Um, we've got Southampton away, and um, so what are your thoughts on that? I think that this would be the perfect time for West Brom to get their first three points on the table. Because, uh, I mean, Southampton, they're a very good side, but as it stands, they've only got two more points on us. Um, they've got very good players in their squad, such as Danny Ings and lots of other players. I think, But I think this is a game that, if we can win, we'll set up our the rest of our season for hopefully success. Um, yeah, I think it will be a very tough game, and it will take the squad to really delve in deep and get the three points. But I think we can do it, and I think we'll be able to win. Yeah, their last match out, of course, they uh, they beat Burnley one uh, 0 mm-hmm. um, away to Burnley last Saturday. Um, but um, I'm really eyeing for three points in this match. I really am. I think uh, I think if we play like we did the first half against Chelsea, then mm. um, um, I don't think there's any reason why we can't come away from this match with um, two one or three one win. Mm-hmm. Am I being too optimistic there? Do you think? I don't know. Oh, who knows? I mean, with this West from I think no one would have guessed we'd have been three 0 up against Chelsea. So, who? who how much is too much with optimism these days. Um, it, I think two. What I think we we'll probably will concede a goal. So two one, but let's hope for three one. Yeah. But I think with yeah. um with West Brom, in both of our well in a lot of our well against Leicester and Chelsea, the first half hasn't been the issue. It's always been the second half. Yeah. So I think if we can get through the first half with a, a couple of goals, I think. We need to really knuckle down for that second half, and and then that if we can hit the second half with a nail on the head, we'll come away with the three points. Yeah, is there any change of the players or formation you would make for this game against Southampton from as from the Chelsea match? Um, so that's a very good question, Dad. So I think going forward, I think Billich is going to stick with five at the back. I think. 
I'm not too sure. I'm not. I haven't really seen a lot of that formation at West Brom before, so I, I'm not too sure how it will go against Southampton. But I think if we, I think it's important to stick to a system if we're going to use it. Um, so I think I wouldn't change the defence. I'd may, maybe swap Bartley out for Kipre and give him his debut, or maybe even Ivanovic. Uh, well, I say give Kipre his debut. I mean his Premier League debut. Um, yeah. But I think in midfield, I would maybe put in. I'd have it as Livermore and Gallagher next to each other, um, and then on on the wings, I would uh, and in attack, I'd keep it the same. Um, I'd maybe yeah. put Mateus Pereira on the right and have Kravinovic in the centre, um, but I'd keep Diangana on the left, and I would for now keep Robinson up top. He seems to be yeah. in good form at the minute and playing well. I think um, I don't personally. I don't think we'll see Kravi play this week. It might be a little bit too soon for him to come straight into the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Gallagher and Avinovic take part in some form, whether it's uh, coming in off the bench in the second half to freshen things up. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said previously, I was very impressed with the pair of them in a Carabao Cup performance. And, um, but to start turning that into Premier League performances now, um, I think Gallagher is going to be a bright prospect for us and an influential player mm-hmm. um, over the course of this season. And I, I believe Avinovic is going to be able to play a big part also. So I wouldn't expect him to see seeing them both in the starting lineup, but I can see him coming in mm-hmm. at some point against Southampton on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I was mightily impressed with the way we came out and played, especially course, during the first half, being 3-0 up against Chelsea. Love to see that type of performance again, passing mm-hmm. the ball with confidence. Um, so, um, so I wouldn't change it about too much. Keep no. Robinson up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who knows, we might have Grant to come on at some point as well on Sunday. Yeah, I think... I mean, we're only at this current time, we're only about four days away, five days away, depending how you see things. But um, I think if we do get Grant, I don't think he'll play against Southampton. I think that'll probably be too soon. I think he needs at least one week of gelling with the team in training um, and forming like little connections with Pereira and our other creative outlets like Dean Garner. So I think I think it might be a bit too soon if Grant came in for him to start against Southampton. Um, but I think he could maybe come off the bench. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah that's it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so I'm going three-one win away win for the Albion with Robinson, Pierre, and Garner scoring. Sounds okay. good. Okay. I think I think I'll 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 match your three-one. And I think um, we'll get may, a goal from Robinson. And I think they'll we'll get a goal from a corner with either Ajayi or one of the other defenders getting a goal. And then I think we'll get another long-range screamer from Livermore. Well, I look forward to seeing that on Sunday afternoon. Do you reckon Skybet will take my request a bit? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. So, um, the current league table, 
Mm-hmm. Should we have a quick look at that before we conclude? Yeah, we shall indeed. What do you want to, to do? Through? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Well, if I read out the top six, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see how those teams have been performing, and um, or we can mention each team. It's up to you. Yeah. Well, we'll go top six. Top six. Yeah. Top six. So in at the top, we've got Leicester played three, and um, points nine. They've won all three. So there we go. Uh, obviously, our first opposition, and yeah. um, there they are. Not lost a game so far after three matches. So that um, that loss really puts things into perspective. We was playing one of the top teams in the yeah. in the division. So yeah, and, and they uh, they beat Man City five two at the weekend. So for us to only lose three nil against them just shows how good we are. <laughs> it, yeah, it it does kind of put things into perspective for us. Um, second in the league so far, played three, won three, is Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody would expect them to be up there amongst it anyway. No surprise there. Again, in the top three, the Albion have already played Everton. As we know, we lost 5-2 to them. Uh, that game's gone now. So Everton played three, won three, uh, with nine points in third position. Now, in fourth position, so far having having played two games and won both of them, uh, mm-hmm. I think is a big surprise to a lot of people. It is sort of uh, is Aston Villa, and um, I've watched both of their matches, and I think they were good value for the wins. To be honest, yeah, I mean they haven't had the most difficult opposition. They played Fulham in their most recent game. I can't. Who who does it? They played in their first game. Sheffield United. They beat them one 0 Yeah. So they haven't. They have. I mean, Sheffield United were a great team last season, but I think, I think, they haven't had the most difficult start to life in the season. So I reckon they've they've managed to do very well to get their two point their two wins with the six points straight away. I think it'll be great for their season. Unfortunately, but um, mm-hmm. who know if they'd have had a start like we'd had against the three top teams, they might be looking at a very different start to their season. Yeah, a very different story altogether. So, but they're there, they've, they've um, won the, both of their opening matches. So, um, credit where credit is due, unfortunately. Yeah, hats um, Yeah. And um, in fifth position, we've got Arsenal, played three, won two. Losing to Liverpool. Uh, again, yes, lo- losing to Liverpool. And uh, in sixth position, uh, we've got Crystal Palace having played three in one two themselves. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a surprise there. They uh, they beat. I think it was they beat Man United, and I can't they remember do. who else they beat. But um, yeah, they seem to be doing well. Yeah, I'll tell you, they um, beat Man United and they beat Southampton one nil in their opening game. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. that's the top six, and un- unfortunately, we've got Leeds propping them up in seventh position, having yeah. played three and won two themselves. So they seem to have had a solidish start yeah. to the season as well. I mean, the only game they lost to was Liverpool, and they had a really good game in that. Um, 
I don't mind if Leeds play well. I've got nothing against Leeds as long as they beat clubs at the in the bottom half of the table to do us a favour. I don't mind it. I'm yeah. all for them. So, um, looking at the bottom half of the table, um, we've got in, in 20th position Fulham, having played three and lost all three with no points. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a goal difference of minus seven. And uh, they've come in under, um, certainly Scott Parker has so a lot of criticism over the last couple of days Yeah, um, over his team selection and players and people are, pundits and people alike, fans alike, are already predicting that um, they're not even going to get as many points as Derby County got relegated on nine points, I think it was. I can't um, remember, but it is, it is going to be a long season for Fulham. I think it's going. To, I think you're right. I think it is going to be a long season, um, but nevertheless, they're they're down there. And um, let's be realistic about it. They are one of our, our competitors, um, relegation rivals. One for mm-hmm. a better word, if we want to stay in this division, yeah. and then we need to be keeping a close eye on uh, Fulham to see how they're performing. Uh, so that's Fulham. Um, again, a big surprise for a lot of people after last season is Sheffield United. They're in yeah. 19th position, again, without a point. Played three, lost three. Uh, they had a fantastic season last season, Sheffield United did. Yeah. But it just seems like um, second the wheels have syndrome. come off the bus. Yeah. yeah, the old second season syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a shame to see them down there considering they almost made Europa League last year. Um but my motto is, as long as it's them and not us, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, very good. And uh, in eight, 18th position, we've got Burnley. Yeah. Um, I was in a pilot episode. Um, I think I mentioned that I was fully expecting Burnley to be down there as one of um, the relegation favourites. And um, they've played two and lost both of their matches also. So... Um, uh, they're, they're the three occupying the relegation spaces. I know it's early days yet, and there's only been three or two games played for oh, yeah. many teams. Um, but they, before the season, they were the three teams that I was expecting to be down there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. uh, in 17th position is ourselves, Ooh. having played um, is West Bromwich Albion, um, having played three. Lost two against two teams that are in the top three, yep. being Everton and Leicester. Let's bear that in mind. Um, and um, having drawn one, that puts us on one point. And then in 16th position, again, which is a shock to quite a few people, is mm-hmm. Wolverhampton Wonders having played three, having won one, and lost the other two, having put them on three points. Yeah, the only game they've won so far was against Sheffield. Yes. So I, I I'm surprised to see them down there. I think I'm more surprised to see that they lost four 0 to West Ham at the weekend. I think anyone would have predicted that. Um, no, so. I thoroughly expected Wolves to beat West Ham. I thought West Ham would be um, in a in or amongst the uh, relegation teams themselves but um, again I watched that match and um, West Ham played them off the park to be honest Mm. it seems the case yeah yeah. and um, 
the next position is uh, Southampton, who is uh, our game this Sunday, as we've already spoken about, having played three and won one themselves. And uh, they've, been, they've only scored three goals in those matches and um, they've conceded six. Mm. So um, it's all to play for, for the baggies on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And um, with, uh, with Southampton only being two points above us. Um, so but th- three points against Southampton can see us leapfrog. Um, yeah, if if we beat them, we'll go above them on points by one. And depending on other results at the weekend, we could be leapfrogging a lot of teams because there are currently the entire, well, from 8th to 20th, well, from 8th to 16th, everyone is either on four points or on three points. So yeah. if results go our way, we could see ourselves in the top half of the table or we could be staying where we are. And it's also interesting to note, looking at the league table, that um, in 14th and 13th place, respectively, we've got Manchester United having played two and won only one. And um, we've got Man City having played two and won only one. So that's quite an interesting start to the season. Yeah, it is. It's not as simple as we thought it'd be, but it never is in the Premier League. Never is. So let's look forward to Sunday afternoon. I hope you enjoy the game. Yeah. And um, let's hope for an Albion win on Sunday evening. Yeah, it'll be nice. Be nice to celebrate. Get I'll get the uh, the old Carling out ready to chuck him about the living room. Um, <laughs> yeah, who who knows? Come Sunday, let's hope for good. Who news. knows? Let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. Thanks for listening, Thank you. and see you all next time on Talk Albion. <laughs>